Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information, visit our website, www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK. Hi everyone, uh, good evening and welcome to Word Up here at Bright City Church. I uh, hope you're having a great Sunday and um, welcome if you're on Facebook Live, welcome if you're on YouTube and also on the podcast. Lovely to be here with uh, Ben and again we don't have Pastor Akin with us this week. Looking forward to him joining us next week hopefully. Um, great, so yeah this is a pre-recorded episode but it's going out live and so you can comment and interact live. Thank you to all those who've joined us. We're really in the, you know, the um, the climax of, of the work of Christ. Um, we've been talking about Jesus's trial, Jesus's suffering, um, his torture and mockery uh, that was going on. And now we're getting to the crucifixion itself. Um, picking up from there and we were just having this conversation you know we, we I think maybe mentioned last time the the film the passion of the Christ and we think of the passion play it's referred to as as the passion of Christ by the, the Catholic Church and other churches I believe um, and Ben you were sort of finding out what that passion word passion actually means yeah it's, it's an interesting way to express it because you're like well that doesn't make sense in the way that we use it but yeah it comes from the Latin word passio in the Greek word pathos mm. which both means suffering right so it's it's a kind of you know trans mm. you know translation of, of, of words you know mm. that we we don't use but you know, it, it, it's suffering because we were thinking, well, passion, is it the passion of, he had for us? Mm. But, um, you know, it, well, it is, but it's, you know, it means the suffering of Christ, the, yes, his emotional, yeah. physical, spiritual suffering that he went through. Yeah, yeah. Um, Great. Right. So we're picking up from um, verse 16 and going through to uh, the end of the chapter, 40, aren't we? Hopefully. 47. 47. So, uh, Ben, I think you're reading it this week. So it's uh, Mark 15, verse 16. And the soldiers led him away inside the palace, that is, the governor's headquarters, and they called together the whole battalion, and they clothed him in a purple cloak. And twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on him, and they began to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews! And they were striking his head with a reed and spitting on him, and kneeling down in homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes on him, and they led him out to crucify him. And they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. And they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him. And divided his garments among them, casting lots for them to decide which, what each should take. And it was the third hour when they crucified him. And the inscription of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. And with him they crucified two robbers, one on his right and one on his left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha! You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. 
So also the chief priests with the scribes mocked him to one another, saying, He saved others, he cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross, that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also reviled him. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lemma sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, Behold, he is calling Elijah. And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. There were also women looking on from a distance, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James the younger and of Joseph and Salome. When he was in Galilee, they followed him and ministered to him. And there were also many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. And when Great, the, I think that's uh, where we're going to, isn't it? Before we set before oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. Carry on. <laughs> Beg your pardon. And when evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate was surprised to hear that he should have already died, and summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he was already dead. And when he leaned, sorry, when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the corpse to Joseph. And Joseph bought a linen shroud, and taking him down, wrapped him in the linen shroud, and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock. And he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. Thanks. That's great, uh, Ben. Right, let's from there. So we're actually now moving forward to the crucifixion itself. So yeah, they led. Um, first of all, they take him to the Praetorium, uh, which is, if you like, the you know the palace, the Roman palace, and and. They call together all of the company of the Roman soldiers again for this mocking. And, um, you know, they've put a purple robe on him. So they're, they're dressing him up in, as, as royalty. And, but it's in, in mockery. They put a crown of thorns on him. And then they begin to call out, Hail, King of the Jews, and striking him on the head. You think they've got the thorns mm. on there. And it might... My, my, my translation says a staff, yours says a reed. And when you think the Lord, the Lord of glory, the God of the universe, this is happening to him, and they spat on him, and they fall to their knees, paying homage to him. I mean, the mockery here is just unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. You, you, the spirit of Satan is yeah. right in there. I was thinking to something that I heard, um, even at our conference this weekend, just gone by, about the word apostle, actually comes from the Roman uh, world and it was this sort of um, an apostle was sent out it was the almost like these governors who would 
established the culture of Rome wherever they went. And so now we apply that to, if you like, apostles in the church, you know, going out, establishing the culture and the rule and the reign of the kingdom. And it was the same, it, it comes from the Roman, that word. And I think here we have the Praetorium Palace. It's the place of, a, of the culture of the world, of Rome. It's the culture of Satan, actually. It's the culture of the enemy. And right in the very heart of that kind of, you know, the, the center of that um, palace, you know, right here, you know, Jesus is taken to be mocked, ridiculed, scourged, you know, the unspeakable things happening to him. Um, even before the crucifixion, you know, they dress him up as king. Think of it, the son of God, putting a crown on him. And they, they just don't realize what they're doing. They're, in one, on the one hand, they are dressing him up and, 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 and he saying, you are the king. But they don't realize, you know, in their mockery, um, they don't realize what they're doing. It's, it's awful, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, like you say, it's... It, it, uh shows you that how you know i guess you know he was not of this world and you know in, mm. in turn we are not of this world and uh and the the way that this world has fallen you know it's like he was surrounded by you know i'm sure there's some prophecy back in Isaiah mm. about him being surrounded by wild dogs yes yes um, yeah, and bulls of Bashan yeah but and yeah, all that all yeah. sort of it's almost like spirit beings yeah. around him. Yeah. You can just see, you know, yes, you know I think yes, of um, the lion, the witch, like, and the wardrobe, yes, where yes, Aslan yes. is going to the stone table, yes, yes. and that all the, the you know, the, the villains are, yeah. are mocking him, and all you know, him, yeah. it's uh, that you know, that's the picture, isn't it? You know, he's just he's in, uh, yeah. he's surrounded by you know the the enemies of a uh, of a god, you know, yes, those who yeah. lost in sin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and isn't it amazing when you think of I mean, even the commentator I was reading, he talked about, on the one hand, you've got the restraint of the language that's used and the way it's described. It's uh, It could have been a lot more emotional. It could have been, you know, describing this terrible scene, even the whole crucifixion. Yet it's, it's very matter of fact in the yeah. way, even in all the Gospels generally, they're not, mm. you know, when you think of how it could be uh, described, and when you think of what's going on, it's yeah. very matter of fact. It's something, and it's almost as if God is saying, you know, I'm going through this. The awful thing is, is, is you know, feel sorry for those who are rejecting me. That, yeah. that, that, that's the awful thing of what's happening to them, what will happen to them, you know, and the, the future of those people, you know, I, I'm going through this willingly. It's yeah. still, of course, terrible, but... And also the restraint of Jesus himself when you think, you know, the God come in, in the flesh. Yeah. The, the creator, the one who's in charge of every cell in our body. And, and we're hitting him, him and yeah, spitting, spitting on him, him, plucking out his beard, it says. Yeah. And, and yet he, he does nothing. And he could just, with the look of his eyes, could have just incinerated everyone yeah. <laughs> in the area yeah. to, be, to be crazy. But... And that, you know, maybe we talked about the word passion, you know, and maybe like, you know, such was his commitment to, to us, you know, even mm. when we were in sin, that he, he, he saw it through, you know, he'd had that moment in the garden of Gethsemane uh, and then set his, you know, he'd set his face yeah. like flint before that towards Jerusalem and 
you know, he, this is it. This is the time. You know, he's 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 head down, going through with it, um, because he let he, he do. You know, he's doing it for us. The father sent him for us. Yes. And he's yes. going through this awful, awful time for us. You know, that this is what we should remember. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That mockery and goodness me. Thank you, Lord. Another thing I wanted to came to my mind, Ben, about all this that's going on. When you think, you know, God's in absolute control. Mm. Um, Jesus is in control as well. He says, you know, you don't take my life from me. You've got on from the enemy's side. They they really think, you know, they're they're dancing around. You mentioned the pictures from, you know, the um, Lion, the no, Witch, the and the Wardrobe, wardrobe yeah. or, or these images of the the demons jumping all over him and in glee and and yeah. absolutely doing these horrendous things. They think they've got the victory, don't they? Mm. They're at their worst. They they've they've done their worst, and and we think of the phrase "Do your worst," you know, and and you almost like Jesus could be saying to them, "Do your worst." Yeah, and and. And yet it's accomplishing you know, the very thing that Jesus came for. So what am I saying? I'm saying he's working the worst evil in that's ever been committed on the earth. He's, it's working for God's glory and for God's good. Yeah. Nothing, anything that happens to you, anything that the enemy would seek to do to you, because we, we're like him, we follow our Lord Jesus Christ. And whatever you may be going through right now, you know, whatever the enemy wants to do to you, God will turn it for your good as you trust in him. Yeah. And, and the, what we think of what Romans says, if God is for us, who can be against us? If, if, you know, nothing can separate us from the love of God. So whatever you might be going through, think of Jesus himself. You've got this going on and yet he was working it for the salvation of the world. The worst event that ever happened the most shocking and atrocious thing that's ever happened on this earth also accomplished the greatest thing mm. that has ever happened on this earth the greatest sacrifice the greatest the greatest thing that any person has ever done on the earth was exactly at the same time as the worst thing that any person has ever done on the earth it was in the same same event and that's how god can work in you so no, no matter what you're going through it might be the worst thing you may go through god is working on your side as you trust him mm, so, so wanted to say that yeah faith and trust i just think yeah you know the ways that um i, I was thinking of several examples recently because well I, I, we've had some things happen over the over the last week where mm. you know it's not it's nothing near crisis or anything course, it's just yeah. inconveniences yeah. Um, like our car wasn't on the road and um, you know the TV's not working and we got bills coming in and it's like okay you know this is this, these are inconveniences and I'm not quite sure how we're going to kind of do this but I just had that sense of you know okay well this has happened just keep trusting keep walking mm -hmm. you know and yes. you know these are minor minor things but um you know, it really speaks of that, uh, mm -hmm. that need to have faith and trust. And I think about some of these things that have gone on, you know, in the country, like with the, the people that have been um, uh, persecuted as Christians and, mm -hmm. and uh, kind of accused uh, of certain things. Mm -hmm. um, and in they've had court, court cases yeah. brought against them. Yeah. And uh, they've just walked through it. And there's a particular example I'm thinking mm. of is the Ashes Baking 
uh, company who had issues with uh, um, uh, a guy that he asked for a cake to be made and uh, this guy was a homosexual and he wanted a, like a wedding cake made or something and they were Christians and they, they just said no you know we, we don't feel morally you know in our faith to, to, to kind of do that um, and he took them to court and they were sued and lost cases but my, my abiding memory of, of them was that they they just every time you saw them they were calm and said mm. well we we're, you know we, we trust God we trust mm. God mm. and as it was they came through that and they they were you know they the case was overturned against them and they were you know victorious and and came out the other end but um the, yeah. the fact that, that mm. where they walked through mm. you know that with their 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 eyes on God mm. um and it really spoke volumes to me about some of the things maybe I've had to walk through enough, you know, as a Christian, mm -hmm. um, there's been times when I've had jobs and, uh, you know, I maybe haven't come through like uh, probationary periods and I've lost my job and things like that. And, you know, you, you've all had situations like that where you've had crisis. Mm -hmm. um, and it's easy, f you know, <laughs> for us to say it on this end of it, but having that faith and that trust, you yeah. know, mm. to, to set your face almost like Flint, like Jesus, through whatever you go through. And there's minor things and there's major, major things. Um, it's keeping your faith and your trust on on God you know, it is the key, and it's not. It's not easy, but um, you know, you you have people around it's you. It's not, but it's quite you. simple in a sense, isn't it? It's not easy, it's, but it's, it's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. Yeah, and and that can be the case. It's childlike, childlike, yeah, childlike faith and trust. Yeah, and we complicate stuff. We don't do. We, we do complicate. We really complicate and I think things. we, you know, Jesus says, "Look, just just simplify. Trust me. Yeah. Rest, sleep. Put your head on my lap." And the, the nugget is us looking at Jesus in, yeah. in the worst of circumstances, yeah. trying yeah. to buy hellish things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yet yeah. he had that same attitude about him. You know, oh, I've set my face like Flint. I've mm. chosen the course. You know, and I'm going to submit to my Father's will. Yeah, and I'm going to walk through this, and it's an example to us. Thanks, Ben. So they, um, they've, they've, he's been flogged, flagellated. He's now been mocked again. Uh, he's been dressed again as as a king. He was dressed up even, wasn't he, in Herod's court? Mm. He was. He was. He was even in the mockery. You think of the same mockery. It happened in the in the um, religious leaders' court. They said, you know, prophesy. You know, and they blindfold him, struck mm. him. If you're if you're the son of God, prophesy. Who's hitting you? Bang. You know, with when he was blindfolded. Then in 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 Herod's court, it was they dressed him up. And they said, you know, oh, here we are, the king of the Jews. What did they say to him? Um, and then they've done it again. It's this, I can't get away from this such mockery that's going on. Mm. They're walking him out now to be crucified. It says, a certain man from Cyrene, Simon. Now, this is interesting. It says, the father of Alexander and Rufus. Now, in nearly all accounts that you will see in Scripture, it says the son of somebody. Now, okay. this is the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. Now, the father of, now, this is indicating that, hey, guys, he's the father of Alexander and Rufus. You know Alexander and Rufus, don't you? Yeah. Those, those, those Christians who are part of us. And it turns out this guy actually, now... Let's let's think of the scene. I, I haven't worked this out, of course. I'm I'm, re, I'm I've read it on the commentary. Now, when in an, 
It says Jesus couldn't carry the cross. He was so weak, so beaten. He dropped the cross. We hit, we read in one of the other accounts. He fell, stumbled. And we, if you've seen The Passion, you see that happen uh, in the film. So he falls. He's so weak. And they say, right, somebody's got to carry this cross, the Romans thinking. The centurion, he's in charge of the group. They said, right, we've got to get this. We've got to get these guys there. They're walking right around, the long way around the city, because it would be to parade the person being crucified so that everyone saw what happens if you cross Rome. You know, if you, if you come against Rome, this is what's going to happen to you. So that's going on. He's dropped the cross. We've got someone, we've got to get someone to carry. Now the centurion, he's not going to have one of his Roman guard, one of the Roman soldiers carry the cross because that's demeaning. That's demeaning to Rome. That's demeaning to the soldiers. That's demeaning to his own. He can't ask one of the Jewish people to carry the cross because they would be defiled. They couldn't observe Passover. There could be a riot. This is what I was reading in the commentary. It sounds good to me. So they pick this guy who's coming through. He's a Gentile. He's a, he's a Cyrenian, Simon the Cyrenian. And actually, the Cyrenian is an African. He's, he's, he's part from an African nation. And uh, I should have found out exactly where Cyrene is. Have you got oh, where Cyrene is there? I'll let you it. look that up. Yeah. <laughs> but this is great. You know, he's the father of Alexander and Rufus. And the scholars know that this man, Simon the Cyrenian, actually became a, um, a leader in the church in Antioch. So if you like, this is one of the very first African Christians uh, that's mentioned there in Scripture. And it says that he took up the cross. You know, they couldn't find a Roman wouldn't carry the cross. A Jewish person wouldn't carry the cross. And they got this man, Simon the Cyrene. He's the father of Alexander and Rufus, not the son. So, wow, this person. And, and so he carried the cross. And maybe in that, in that time of carrying the cross, being suddenly, you know, he's, he's about his business, suddenly grabbed, taken off the street by the Romans. You will carry this. And, and he's walking up. What is going on here? What is suddenly happening? And he's seeing this man who's been beaten, stripped, and he goes up and he's there and sees him crucified. And something happens and he becomes a follower of Jesus. Nearly everyone else there around was mocking, deriding him. And, and and defiling Jesus. But this man, Simon the Cyrenian, becomes a follower of Jesus. North African city in eastern Libya, apparently. Eastern Libya. So North African. There we are. Yeah, thanks, Ben. <laughs> Good old Google. Good old Google. Hey. Uh, they brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means a skull. Anything to say on the skull? or The skull? Uh, well, I, I was reading somewhere that, you know, that... Um, yeah, it was because it was a hill. It was like the, the cranium of the skull. But that's um, it. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know if you've like seen the the skull, like yeah. pictures from. I'm sure it's like, there must be from the 18th century when you know early photography. In the background of something, there is a hill that it looks like a skull. Yes, I've been there. There's certain oh, you know yeah mm -hmm. the the features that look like you know the eye sockets and and things. Yes, it, it looks like a skull. Um, but yes, apparently this this Golgotha means. Cranium, and so it's on the top of the hill, if you like, where he is crucified. It says they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, 
And apparently, you know, that was offered to those being crucified and given to those being crucified. Wine and myrrh both have this anesthetic effect and can dull the senses. And this is what I read, Ben, you might have something else. But that, that um, Jesus refused it, by the way. And if you think that was, if you think of a cup of drink, I know it wasn't offered to him necessarily on a cup, or it might have been. I know there was also the hyssop was sponge, sponge really. wasn't it? it? Was when he was on the cross. But he refused this um, wine and myrrh, and that would have been a cup, I think. Um, he wanted to take the full cup that he he'd been asked to drink by his father. Remember in in Gethsemane, he said. Oh Lord, if, if it is possible, take this cup, this cup of suffering from me. But he said, no, Lord, yeah, I will do your will. I will drink this cup. I will do it. I will do it for the world. This is my passion. And, and he, he wanted to have the full cup. And so I'm not going to take the anesthetic. I'm going to drink the whole cup. Myrrh is interesting as well, because obviously gold for a king frankincense for worship myrrh for his burial right from the beginning right you know? yes yes there was a there was if you like a prophetic you know yeah looking forward wasn't there to uh, yeah. yeah yeah interesting I know, I know there's there's more to be said about that with the, the magi at the beginning but um, yeah mm. just yeah i know right. the myrrh was connected with his you know death and burial right yes yeah. yes wow there you go I was trying to think of something. There was a song about the the thorn in the, in the hay, you know, as he was laid on the in the manger. It's not from scripture, but again, it's it's picking up this this future that that was he was bound for, you know. But anyway, I can't think of the song quite. So it says that he was crucified. So he did not take him, and they crucified him. They crucified him at the third hour, which is nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, it must be the third watch. Uh, and so it's actually 9 a.m. in the morning. I know there's significance to that, but uh, I'm afraid I'm not familiar with it right now, exactly what it means. Crucified him at night. I mean, I, 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 we're just talking as we're going here. Um, and it, is it right? He crucified at nine and then he died at three? Is that six hours? Mm. Six hours on the cross? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. And we, we looked at, you know, uh, we went down the rabbit hole the other week and we looked at the... Uh, 70 weeks of um, Daniel. Daniel's prophecy. And, uh, you know, there, there's so much depth mm -hmm. in there, but I managed mm -hmm. to kind of look at that and then look at the timings of how the the northern Israelis and the southern Israelis kind of timed their days. Because um, obviously Jesus celebrated the Passover in the, in the upper room and he was the Passover. I'm like, well, how did that work? You know, how does the timing work with that? And we looked you know, the other week at how they... The, the the timing of the days meant that he was crucified actually at the same time as the Passover lay. He died at the same time as the Passover lay. In a certain area. At, 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 at certain three o'clock in, in the Israel. afternoon on the 14th of Nisan in 33 AD to the, to the time and date that uh, Daniel had uh, predicted way back, way back in, um, wow. in Babylon. Wow. But, you know, the, to, the, the, to the absolute hour, it, yeah. it all happened. To the, to the minute it would have been, because yeah. it was on the hour, whenever it was, it's on the third hour. And we're and, not and experts, are we? No, we're, we're amateur we're, theologians here, but, you I know. I think it's pretty obvious. It's, it's, it's <laughs> 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 but we're, 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 we're touching on it, which is important. And, um, 
And again, we've got there, oh, by the way, it says they divided up his clothes, clothes, so he had no clothes. I want you to, to remember and realise that everyone that was crucified, and sometimes is depicted with a loincloth or something, but Jesus was crucified naked, completely naked. Can you, you think of the, the shame of that? Think of the horror of that. He's been beaten, he's completely naked, and he's being crucified and dying in agony on the cross for me, for you. It's the written, this is verse 26, the written notice of charge against him read the king of the Jews. There we have it again, all the way through. He is the king of the Jews. He is the king, the Messiah. And it's been, it's been hidden from their eyes and it was hidden at that time for, for most of them. Of course, all the believers were Jews for a good while uh, in the early church. And so a remnant believed. But it says that it's for a period and that one day, you know, they will believe. Um, it says that that, that stumbling was, is not forever, it's for a period. And one day their eyes will be opened. It says in Zechariah that they will look on. They will suddenly see, it seems like their eyes will be opened, the one that they pierced. And they will mourn for him as one mourns for a firstborn child. They'll realize he, Jesus, is our Messiah. And it says in Romans that in that day all Israel will be saved. Because, of course, he is the saviour and the Messiah of Israel first and then the world. And, and that doesn't make us any less, but we're brought in to that and made one together. We're all adopted as his children. But God used Israel to reveal himself to the world. And he's not forgotten them. He's not left them. But he's, they went through a time of separation shall we say or or blindness for a moment to allow us to to come in mm. and and he says in scripture right go out to the byways go out to the highways go out to those folks bring them into the party bring them in and they will and it says that um the the is the jewish people will be provoked to jealousy by the faith of the rest of the nations in messiah in jesus and they will say they'll be provoked to jealousy and they will be drawn and they will see and worship one day mm. and it's interesting that there are we were hearing at the weekend you know there are messianic believing jews the the, the numbers are growing around the world and there are, i believe it was 3000 jewish jesus believing congregations in israel um, I think that's right. Was it 300? Sorry, it was 300. <laughs> Get it right. It was 300. Uh, yeah, it was um, 300. Yeah, 300. <laughs> it was, it's anything um, past the book. No, um, I'm, I'm doing that evangelistic business. <laughs> that was 3,000. Three. <laughs> 3,000. I think it's, yeah, 300. But that's that's very exciting. Yeah, so the charge against him was king of the Jews. And ironically... You know, it was it was the truth. Such irony there. And but yet they're mocking. Can you see again in the mockery and the evil, God is actually bringing about His purposes. 
Interestingly, just a little aside, they, they, they cast lots for his clothes right underneath. There was that gambling going on. Mm. Who's having it? The Romans. Oh, I want them. You know, let's let's do the gambling. And um, the commentator said, you know, well, gambling, if you get sucked into gambling, if you if you get overtaken by gambling, you're going to miss. You're going to miss the will of God for your life. These guys were focused on the gambling. They missed the most important um, event in history going on right above them, right over them, right next to them. If you're getting into gambling, get out of it right now. Gambling is not the will of God for your life. Mm -hmm. um, so the charge against him. Those who pass by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, you were going to destroy the temple and build it in three days. Save yourself. Come down from the cross. So that's all the people around, the passers-by. So not just that terrible suffering, but the mm. the derision that's going on and the mockery, the nakedness. Yeah, yeah, you just kind of, it just makes me think of, you know, that they've heard, they've heard you know, things, but not accurate. They're saying, oh, you know, you said you'd, you'd knock right. down the temple right. and he, yeah. wasn't, he wasn't talking about the building at all. He was talking about himself, yeah. you know, and it just makes me, again, think of, you know, where the Pharisees and scribes, where they had their, they thought they had a corner on the truth, and Jesus was like, We well, don't really understand what you're saying because this is the truth. You know, mm -hmm. I, I wrote this truth. Um, and then you, Facebook forums, uh, I read something about it, was talking about Christians, and there were people on there going, Oh, well, who are they? I thought, you know, it was all about love, and you're not meant to judge as a Christian, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And it's mm -hmm. again, yeah. that's, that's not true. You know, Christians are meant to judge. You know, it, mm. it's it's a total kind of, you know... It's, you're judging what is right yeah. and what is wrong in, in the eyes of God. You're not judging and condemning a person, but you have to make judgments about mm. even your life and what you do, yeah. don't you? That, that is part of, of honouring and loving God. F to fear God is to flee from evil. If you want to know what fearing God is, it's to turn and, 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 and you know hate evil that is to yeah. fear god and and god says that that's from his word that's not my uh, <laughs> yeah translation of what it means so no. yeah it, you, you've got to judge what's right and wrong that's by it. god's word and these it? people are just you know, they've, they've heard bits and pieces and like yeah. oh well you know this is meant to you know i've heard this and and that and the the misled translations and the misunderstanding of people sometimes it, it does frustrate christians because they think mm. you know people you know, we profess faith. We we profess that we are friends of God, and we know God, and we've dug into His Word, and we know truths about God. Uh, and the world would—they've got this some skewed understanding, saying, "Well, you know, this is the case. You know, this is this is what God's all about." And it does frustrate me. <laughs> and and when you get people misrepresenting, of, of course. God. And can yeah. I say it's not an us and them thing? And I know Ben's not saying no, that as well, not, no. because Ben and me, you know, before. Our eyes were opened. I was, I'm very ashamed to say, and I'm not, I'm, I hate this about myself, but I was the mocker of mockers. You know, I, I could out mock anyone out there, I felt, you know, and that, that horrible spirit of just belittling anyone and everybody and, and, and had that in me. And, and I would be the first to mock Christians or anything else. Right, I, was, I wasn't saved till I was 24. And God, in His grace and mercy, you know, just suddenly stopped me in my tracks and, and, and said, you know, I'm here. 
I'm the I'm real. Will you are you gonna come to me or not? And and I had to make a choice and I, I could do nothing but say, Lord, yes, I'm yours. And from that moment, you know, of course I changed and I've even had to get that kind of mocking thing out of me because if when it's right there in you, you know, it might be part of your humour. I'm gonna just sort of yeah. You know, ah, I look at him, or even mimicking people and copying them to to kind of for a laugh and in mockery. I've got to be so. I think we've got to be careful. I'm speaking to myself. It's so it's difficult, so, especially with the UK sense of humour, because yeah. it's all based yeah. on on mockery. Yeah, yeah. And you know, saying scripture, blessed is a man who sits not in the seat of the mocker, yes, stands yes, in the way yes, of a yes. sinner, or walks in the way of a scornful. It is. It is. And, yeah, yeah. You know, all uh, through proverbs, it's yeah. about mockery. You know, and the the danger and the you know a mocker is is is, is really the opposite to a godly person it's often often you know synonymous with a sinner is a, a mocker so let's take that on board and think right lord you know stop me from any mockery and and i will not mock you know and i'm going to just stop myself anyway we've got the message there yeah uh, it's all the way through here. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, he said. He said even among themselves. So it's not like they're, because they're religious, they're not going to sort of, they're not showing it so much in public, but they're saying among themselves, he saved others, but he can't save himself. <laughs> you know, let this Christ, the King of Israel, <laughs> he's the King, come down from the cross we may see and believe you know you can hear yeah. it almost can't you that that sort of mocking between them and then it says about those who were crucified with him also reviled him Goodness, you know there's yeah, other yeah. accounts about obviously yes, the, the, the yes, two robbers too. but yeah, yeah. you know at some point they were both yeah you know, those, both, even yeah. those who were with him was, was, was yeah dying even it. those dying in mm. their dying moments were mocking him yeah. and how can that be that in their dying moments they're still mocking and it makes me think of you know even even in the end of days even as you know god is shaking the world you know in the future i'm talking about the the, the real terrible shaking it, it says clearly in the scriptures that men even though they're kind of fearing dreadfully for their lives they still will not submit to god they're still kind of mocking god in the last moments and, and even though it makes it quite clear that God's saying, look, you know, I'm shaking. I'm trying to get you to, to, to turn and look to me right to the last moment. You know, so um, there's something in that rebellious nature, isn't there, mm. that, that won't submit to Christ. Yeah. Yeah. He saved others. So, yeah, we've got that mocking. Those crucified with him. Yeah, we think of the, the, cruci the guys crucified is another beautiful account, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, of of you know one of the guys there's two of them and 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 you say well how can they both be it says those crucified they both maybe the guy started out with a few insults I'm just trying to work out how the two can marry up and then at one point the guy says you know don't you fear God to yeah. the other chap who's cursing him he says this man has done nothing wrong yeah and then something in him he just calls out to Christ in his dying moment and says. You know, will you remember well, me when me. you come into your throne? Yeah. That's all he said. He didn't say the sinner's prayer. No. He didn't, you know, he didn't do A, B, and C. He wasn't baptized. He wasn't anything. He just said, Oh, remember me when you come into your throne. I'm being a bit dramatic. And then he died. <laughs> Jesus said, In the morning, you know, 
you're, you're with me now. Paradise, yeah. you, you've called out to me, and yes, you're saved. Yeah. That's the grace and the mercy of God. That guy had done nothing good in his life. He was got to the end of his life. Imagine how he must have been thinking, I've messed everything up, I've blown it all. Think of the life I could have left, and here I am, hanging on a cross. Was he a murderer? Was he a robber? We don't know his crime. But he's on the brink of death, and he says, Lord, remember me, please. And he says, come, you're with me. My, my mercy and grace is for you. I'm here on the cross for you, for sinners. I'm here to give you life by what I'm doing on the cross. You come into heaven, not by the life you've lived. That's how you get to heaven, not by living a good life. No one can earn their way into heaven, but purely and solely by saying, Lord, remember me, a sinner, please accept me. And he says, come, come, I'm here. This is, I'm here for you. The cross is for you. The cross is for sinners. The cross is for those who recognize their need. The cross isn't for those who think they're righteous, think they're good or are good enough because nobody is good enough. Jesus came and loved sinners, those who've blown it, those who realize I can't do it. Am I preaching? You're good. You're good. <laughs> this is a Bible study, not a preach. But of course, no. this is what this is all about. This is what the cross is about. No, that's it. And in those six hours, that, that guy, obviously, even if at the start he was, you know, in his kind of pain and agony he was cursing Jesus in those six hours with the events that kind of happened you know um he's obviously had a, a change a and point, uh, yeah, yeah just kind of witnessed something and yeah Jesus, Jesus has seen the heart you know yes yes uh, yes that's a great point because I mean even if even if it on the very cross next to him he's he's been cursing Jesus Mm. And yet, and yet, if he turns in the last minute, yeah, it's it. still, it's still, yes, you're in that's because it. you Nobody's know you've beyond. turned, you've changed your heart. Yeah. No moment is beyond uh, redemption, and beyond salvation. The only person who's beyond salvation is the the person who says, "I don't need it." Yeah. The person who's self righteous. If if yourself is on the throne, and says, "I don't need that," you know. You, you know what can God do for you? He can't help you, but if you just say, "Lord, I need, I want you." Yes, I need this. I do recognize my need. He says, "Come in, come in. Let me be Lord of your life." Amen. Six hour, good then. Yeah, yeah. So it was those six hours, six, and at the ninth hour, he cried out, "Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani." which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We've got this thing about certain statements that were said by certain Jesus on the cross, yeah. very important statements. Yeah. Here is one of the you know, very important ones. Um, and it, so there was this sense of being forsaken on the cross by, mm. father, uh, by his father. It's not that he's, you know, he, there is a separation that happened here. From God the Son, between God the Son and his Father. And this is what the horror of the cross again was, you know, having all the sins yeah. of the world laid on him. What did that mean? What happened? We, we can only imagine what it meant, you know, and the horror of it. And here being separated from God and, and literally feeling, I, I don't, we don't understand it fully, but 
no more the one who would perfectly connected with the Father all every minute of every waking day and having that assurance and help from God is gone. You know, did that mean at that moment he didn't know that he would be rescued, you know, for that time when he was separated? I would say yes. I mean, I'm just thinking it aloud now. Because if this is separation, then, you know, how could he have the assurance that, I don't know, anyway, let's not go there because it's conjecture, but it's something very, very awful that Jesus went through again. And they're experiencing, you know, what, you know, the, this separation that he's yes, trying to rescue good, us from. Because, brilliant. you know, when the Bible says somebody dies and, and is separated from God, mm. that, that's what's called hell. Mm. That that's hell, yes, that, and yes, and yes. here here is the Son of God experiencing what that what that's like being yeah. separated from God, and you mm. know he's he's crying out in emotional agony. You know why have you forsaken me? Yeah, and um, mm -hmm. you know you can see the account of um, the uh, um, it's Lazarus the beggar yes, and yeah. the rich man. Oh yes, you know, yes when he's right. uh, he's away from God and he you know saying this this fire I can't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and Jesus talks about those who are cast out and, you know, there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Uh, and it's, it's, it's not so much maybe the medieval vision of hell, of like being stabbed with pitchforks and all that. It's the separation and the darkness that here is life, here is God, here is all the fulfillment that you've ever wanted, all the love you've ever love, needed. Joy, everything uh, good. Everything, everything good. good. Yeah. yeah. And, and then... It's knowing it's you could gone. have had it, knowing you could have and had knowing it. you rejected it yeah. suddenly, and knowing now that you can never you have can it never again. Have it. Yeah. It, it's that it, it's it's something so awful. It can't, mm. you know, it can't just ter be, terrifying. Terrifying. You know, if, yeah. we, if we were to have that eternal perspective, and yes, yes, you know, it should cause us to run to Him, mm. to choose Him above all. To absolutely, we talked about this sitting on the fence either this week or last week, and yeah, mm. it should cause us to say run to him and say you know i'm fully yours i'm sold out because you know i want to be with you i never want to be separated from you yeah. friends we've come to the end of our time again a great episode um not from what i've said but great to be here with you on this episode ben oh, and, and talking great. about yeah. The, yeah. the real you know the nub of the whole work of jesus yeah you know that's thanks, it. thanks, Ben. In your this guy, you know, he he's doing all this. He leads the worship. He's just led a whole weekend's conference and then led worship on Sunday. Sorry to embarrass you like this. He's recording episodes, doing live episodes of Word Up, and works a full time job. One of the nurses of the NHS right now at the front line battling COVID, doing overtime to keep his family going. I'm embarrassing you enough, Ben. Thank you. <laughs> love you, bro. Oh, I love you and, too, uh, God bless you Thank all. You. We, we do love you. It's great Very to be nice. together. And uh, we'll see you all next week. I'll try not to embarrass Ben next week. <laughs> God Very bless. Nice. Bye.